Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And 99.3 WBT, Brett Jensen here with you on this Wednesday edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen, 704-570-1110. And guys, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest of breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And I said, should say, follow me on X, not Twitter. I'm not even going to call it Twitter anymore. So we've got a lot of things we're going to get into tonight. Um, some personal stuff, you know, things that happen in my personal life because Ever since I first started doing radio full-time in 2011 when I was doing sports and doing a sports radio show, uh, you know, I figured the best way to do radio is to be brutally honest. Some people at this station, at stations all over the country, get really skeevy about releasing details about their personal life. And while I'm not the world's biggest Howard Stern fan, the one thing Howard Stern did was he was reality TV before reality TV. He brought everyone into his life, all the issues that he had with his wife or children or dating or sex life or whatever the case may be, or business and work. And he brought everyone into his life. And I thought, all right, if I'm going to try and be honest and reach a connection with the audience, I'm just going to be brutally honest about a lot of things that I that go on. Now, I'm not going to talk about everything. Obviously, there are some things that are a no-go for the public airways, but there are some things that either when they find them comical or they really piss me off or something good, something bad, like whatever. So I do have something that I want to get into later on tonight about that. And also tomorrow night, I'm going to start previewing this now. Tomorrow night and Friday night, I have an extensive interview with CMS Superintendent Dr. Crystal Hill. And I can tell you it's the most time that she's spent with any reporter. She's done a couple of other interviews here and there, but nothing to this extent. She spent more time with me over the course of two days than she has anybody else in Charlotte in the world of media. And so I'm extremely grateful for her time and because she didn't have to do that, and she willingly did. And so we've got two parts. I've got... I'm going to play two segments tomorrow night, and then I'm going to play two segments on Friday night. Instead of playing an hour straight of Dr. Hill on Thursday, I'm just going to play, I'm going to break it up into two sections. So that's what I play. It does, I, most people don't want to hear an interview for a straight hour, unless like maybe they're in the studio or something like that. When I have Sheriff McFadden or other people in studio, a politician. But when you're doing an interview like that, it's good to break it up over a couple of days. And that's what we're going to do. 
with Dr. Hill. We're going to play the first uh, first couple of segments tomorrow night with Dr. Hill, and then the next couple of seg- or then the first couple of segments on Friday night with Dr. Hill, and we get into a lot of different things, everything from pay structure to her plan going forward, and not just the plan, but I said, okay, give me a time frame. Like, what are we talking about? Like, everyone can have a plan. What is the time frame, the goal time frame? We talked about a lot of different things. There's some things that you guys do not know, maybe don't even know as parents, that we are going to break the news on the in, in the interview um, concerning the way this, the structure of the education system, or I should say the hierarchy within CMS is set up, and how that will af- may or may not affect you as parents. Most of you, it could impact. And we're going to talk about all that. So just make sure you guys stick around because for tomorrow and Friday, because it is going to be extremely interesting. I want to start off tonight by doing a follow-up on a story that we did last night. Well, I should say a story that we talked about last night. And that is Blue the French Bulldog. And WBTV did a story about it. And if you just refresh your memory, wind blows down a brand new wooden gate because of the storms last week. They let the dog out, and they didn't know part of that wooden fence had been blown down by the storms. They let the dog out in the backyard, use the bathroom. Dog wanders around to the front yard. Miraculously, the dog didn't leave the yard. And then a DoorDash driver delivering food to another place sees the dog, scoops it up, and drives off. This is like a $2,500 dog. And this couple tried to get in touch with CMPD, and like they filed a report with CMPD. They tried to get in touch with DoorDash. DoorDash just never responded. Then WBTV got involved. So we talked about that last night, and that's what I was talking about, about how it'd be really awesome, and I don't know if it's a thing, if you actually could install GPS chips in your dogs, just like you can ID chips. You know, if they don't have a dog tags, a vet can scan that little chip because they always put it in a certain place, and they go, oh, this dog's name is Maggie, and she lives with Brett Jensen and everything else. So here's a follow-up to last night's Blue Story. WBTV was the reason Blue was home. Without you guys, there wouldn't, this wouldn't be happening. That's pretty good, right? An yeah. incredible you guys update. Have a fan for life. <laughs> he keeps going, a fan for life, but it is an incredible update to share with you guys tonight. A stolen dog reunited with the Charlotte family. We first told you about this story Monday, and in a matter of hours, it gained national attention. So late last night, we learned the French bulldog was returned and <laughs> safe. Incredible, right? Now, late last week, the family realized the dog went missing after part of their fence fell down. They went to check their security cameras, and they realized something pretty surprising here. A DoorDash driver appeared to take the dog and drive off. So a police report was filed, DoorDash was called, still nothing, and that is when the couple reached out to us. So here with more on this incredible story is WBTV's Jason Puckett. Jason, we love this. This is great news. It is very good news, and I want to start off by saying that the fence here that had fallen over in those storms Friday is back up, so Blue's not going to be getting out again anytime soon. Now that we've got that out of the way, though, let's see the dog. How good is it to have him here sitting in front of you? Again? Oh man, I can't. You know, my family members, family members home. Wednesday, I got to meet Blue, the French bulldog. He knows you. You're the, you're, you're the guy. He, oh, he knows you're the reason. Just two days before, we were here at Sean Jeffrey's house because Blue was missing. Their fence had been knocked over in Friday night storm, and Blue got out. Security footage showed Blue had been sitting in their front yard when this car pulled up, opened the door, and the driver took Blue. We now know for sure it was a DoorDash driver who had delivered food to their neighbors. It was cold. They didn't want him to freeze to death. 
Then the guy said, I told my wife not to take them. Then uh, they just had every excuse other than knock on my door. That's what the driver told Sean Tuesday night when they returned blue. After we reached out to DoorDash Monday, they tracked down the driver and told him to return the dog. We were happy, it was, but it was, it was emotional. I mean, Sharice was crying, Trinity was crying. Don't tell nobody, but I was crying too. CMPD is still investigating the case, but right now, Jeffrey says he's just happy to have Blue home. I'm having a lot of people tell me press charges. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, go after DoorDash. Let's sit with my wife and we'll figure it out. But as of right now, he's only that counts. We're thankful he's home too. And Sean and Blue, well, they say WBTV is part of the family now too. WBTV was the reason Blue was home. Without you guys, there wouldn't, this wouldn't be happening. It, we were four, it was four days in and they weren't responding to us. Without you guys, this, this wouldn't be a happy moment. Well, that's why we do the job, is to be able to help in these moments. You and guys have a fan for life. And I can confirm personally that Blue is just incredibly friendly and jumps right up in your lap. We did joke with Sean earlier that he's going to be teaching Blue a little bit more about how some strangers can be a bit more dangerous. Uh, but as for right now, the more seriously they say they are working with CMPD and DoorDash to see if there are any legal matters further down the line. For now, here live in Northeast Charlotte, I'm Jason Puckett, WBTV News on your side. I mean, we teach our kids about stranger danger. Yeah. I guess we need to teach our dogs. Yeah, right, exactly. But a happy ending uh, here in the Absolutely. end. Because uh, if, man, you know, it's your dog. I mean, you want it back it's as quickly like as family. possible. Yeah. And Jason, mm. you had a pretty good day. All the kisses on your cheeks. We saw those. <laughs> we saw that blue jumping all over uh, you. That's an amazing story. <laughs> it's a good story. Yeah, no thanks. complaints about having a dog uh, cuddle you all day. <laughs> no, not a bad story. Well, congrats to that family. Yeah. We know they're feeling good. Thank you. Jason, thank you. All right, so happy ending, and I just wanted you guys to hear that straight out of the shoot because I learned this a long time ago, and oh, in terms of the media, and a lot of you may not realize this. So back in the day when newspapers actually mattered and they were actually relevant, when people actually read the newspapers and cared about the newspapers, and newspapers had deadlines of midnight and 1 o'clock in the morning, and they could get you know, a lot of late scores in. Now, the deadline, I believe, for the Observer is 7 o'clock at night, and so you can't get, you can't even read the, if you get the paper delivered, if you're one of the few people that actually get the hard copy of the paper, you don't get a chance to see the Hornets score or the Hornets game because the game starts at 7.30 or 7 o'clock. They're tipping off right when their deadlines are. So you, you still have to go online to try and figure out what the scores are because they're not in your daily paper. So... But, I, but so I learned this, that the papers that were in the racks, when people like actually bought papers, and it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was like 15 years ago, people bought papers. So it wasn't that long ago. And even 20 years ago, people bought a lot of papers that were in the paper racks. So the, what you would see is what's called above the fold, like where they fold the paper in half and you would see the top part of the front page of the newspaper. All the studies show that if you have any story, good or bad, about an animal above the fold, that people can see the headline or the photo in the newspaper, in the newspaper rack, sales usually quadrupled. Anything about an animal, sales quadrupled because they want to read about animals because so many people are, care about animals. They also found out that in local news, if you have a story about an animal, especially early on when the news starts, the retention 
and the watch rate is nearly double of that of not having an animal story. So animal stories sell. They're huge. And people want to see them. If they're bad, if they're good, people want to hear animal stories. And because people are attached to their animals, and they sort of put their place and their, their minds in the place of the person being in, uh, involved. Like we did last night with this couple talking about Maggie and GPS chips and stuff like that. So I wanted you to hear that straight out of the shoot. All right, when we come back, let's get into a few other things. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. I am Brett Jensen. Uh, follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen. Okay, so I want to get into something real quick. And generally, and here's the sad state of Charlotte. And this is it. And you guys hear me talk about the violence in Charlotte and, you know, just how Charlotte with each passing month is becoming more and more like Baltimore, Memphis, um, New Orleans, Detroit, like with each passing month, that's who it's becoming. You want further proof? How about this? Because I like what I was going to say is generally with all the murders, unless it's something unusual, yeah, we will mention it in our newscast for 30 seconds or whatever, but that's about the extent of it. But here we go. This is something different. And this instant Instance right here, what we're going to talk about is exhibit A on exactly what I say when Charlotte is becoming Baltimore, Charlotte is becoming Minneapolis, Charlotte is becoming Memphis, Charlotte is becoming New Orleans, Detroit, with every passing day. Every passing day. When you elect leaders that act like they do in Baltimore, Memphis, New Orleans, Detroit, you're going to get the same results. I mean, that's just a fact. And there are certain people on Charlotte City Council that say, oh, well, it's a problem, but they don't want to hold those accountable. Or because for fear of racism or, it's, or they're uh, stereotyping or whatever. So CMPD today released the name and information about someone that was shot and killed yesterday about 2.45 in the afternoon up in uh, the Northeast Charlotte area, up off of uh, near Eastway, off of Eastway. It was a 17-year-old boy. He was walking home from Garinger High School, and another boy, 15 years old, was shot and sent to ICU. So you had two Garinger High School students minding their own business, apparently, allegedly, doing nothing, and getting off, like, I believe the school bus, if I'm not mistaken, 
They get off the bus, and I think they were walking home. I think that's what, what was going on. It doesn't matter either way. It doesn't matter if they're getting off the school bus or they're just walking home. That part's irrelevant. They're on the sidewalks, and all of a sudden, one of, the, one of them is killed, 17-year-old, and the 15-year-old is shot. 15-year-old shot in the pelvis, and they had to take out parts of his large intestine and parts of his small intestine. Hopefully, they were able to piece everything back together, and he's not going to be on a colostomy the rest of his life. He's 15 years old. The grandmother and the 15-year-old is finally out of ICU. But he has a shattered pelvis, and they, like I said, they had to remove parts of his intestine. He's going to be okay, but a long road to recovery. Deese, the young boy, the 17-year-old, is the second kid. Daquan Deese, by the way. Daquan Deese, by the way, is his name. 17 years old. is the second student from Garinger High School to die from gun violence since December. Not in two years. Not in 12 months. Not even a month. Since December. And... That's uh, that's where we are. That's where we are. CMPD is still continuing to look for the shooter. I don't know how many ring camera doorbells are in that part of Charlotte. I don't know. I don't know what kind of surveillance cameras might be around. I don't know. But the grandmother is distraught of the boy who died, for obvious reasons. She basically raises the kid, which is so, that's the case so many times in the poorer communities. The grandmother raises the children. So you wonder why, why are the kids, and these kids weren't on the street, they were like walking home from school. But two o'clock in the morning on a Friday night or a Thursday night, where are these kids outside? Where are their parents? They're being raised by their 70-year-old grandparents. That's what. You're going to tell, you're going to tell me a 70-year-old grandmother can, um, or a 60-year-old grandmother can stop a 17-year-old boy from going outside? You think that's the case? Ain't happening. I mean, I didn't live in a bad neighborhood. I grew up, sure as hell didn't grow up wealthy. Grew up actually pretty poor. Two boys being raised by a single mom on a teacher's salary in Gastonia? Really? But you know what? I was climbing out the window at 2 o'clock in the morning, or excuse me, midnight on a Friday night to go meet my friends. So these people are doing the exact same thing. Difference is, I wasn't anywhere near guns. I think the strongest gun we had was a pellet gun, and that was considered like a big deal back in the day. So again, there we are, 17-year-old shot and killed, 15-year-old shot in the pelvis, got out of ICU. That's good news. The horrible news is the 17-year-old die, and this is Charlotte. Welcome to Charlotte. By the way, follow up to our debate on January 31st, and you just heard the promo. Everything's sold out, so it'll be here live on WBT. So just giving you guys a heads up. Sold out fast, fast and furious, but the debate will be carried live, actually during my show, and I'll be out in Wingate. BFE, well, that is out there too. That is, that is out there. Wingate's out there. Like, it's, 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 a, it's a hike. But it's part of the district, and it's part right there, Union County and all that. So, hey, 
right near, you know, Anson County, Union County, like near their border and everything. So it's a great place to hold it because it's right in the middle of the district. So looking forward to it. And uh, you're going to have the six candidates out there that are running for Congress to try and uh, replace Dan Bishop. Okay, so here comes the personal stuff. Okay, here comes the personal stuff. And I debated whether or not to talk about it. And I usually do, but I wasn't sure if I was going to this time, just because it's, I don't know, it's, it's becoming the same old song and dance type situation. Not always, and I, you know, but, but prevalent enough where it's not unique or it's not uh, a rare occurrence. It's, it seems to be coming more and more common. And I know a high portion of our listeners are married. And if most of you listen to this station, you know I'm, the, I'm the, the one that all the shows and all the people like to talk about and live vicariously through me because I'm like the only single person in this entire building, apparently. So my dating life has become like way out there, whether it's with Bo and Beth or Mark Garrison or at our news and brews things that we do or on my show. And I've just always been, you know, open about it. Even back in the day when I was on sports, doing sports radio, what, 10 years ago, I was, you know, would, would tell funny stories. So this happened, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. So I'm meeting a girl for the first time. We've been talking for a while, for about, I don't know, a month and a half. But with the holidays and everyone going out of town, um, we just, we, it, it took a while to meet so usually it doesn't take that long to meet. Usually it might be a week, two weeks, three, you know, whatever. It just depends on what everyone's got going on. So we finally decided to meet. And when I'm meeting someone for the first time, I always try to meet near their house just to make it comfortable for them. You know, a little chivalrous to go towards them instead of having them come to me. Like if they're in Huntersville... I'll drive to Huntersville, um, you know, or if they're in Fort Mill, you know, the same difference. If they're in Rock Hill, maybe I'll have them meet me in Fort Mill, something like that. So I meet this girl, and I, so we're talking. I said, where do you want to – so we're going to meet on a Saturday at 2 p.m. So it's really past lunchtime at this point. Like you're, you're creeping in. You're getting close to like, you know, in theory, five o'clock would be dinner time, right? So I said, where do you want to meet? And she names a place that I love, but it's not exactly cheap. I love the Crunkleton. It's over in Elizabeth on 7th Ave. Love that place. Absolutely love it. Never had a bad time, never had a bad meal, never had a bad drink, but it ain't Applebee's. So she says, hey, let's meet at the Cronkleton for drinks. Hey, I'm in. Let's go. So I get a couple of, I order a beer. She orders like sparkling wine, rosé. Or something like that, like rosé champagne or something like that. It was sparkling. I think it was like rosé champagne. And then the waiter comes over and says, you know, we've got an hour to go for brunch. Brunch goes until 3 o'clock. Who knew brunch went till 3 o'clock? I'd never heard that. But, okay, great. Like I said, the Cronkleton's food is ridiculously good. She goes, 
Oh, I guess I'm, I'm hungry. I think I'm going to eat. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, okay, I thought we were just coming here for drinks, but okay. And she orders like the most expensive thing on the brunch menu. Shrimp and grits. Like there are sandwiches and there's eggs and there's, they actually were doing biscuits and gravy and like really nice BLTs with avocado on them and like, you know, just really nice stuff. But she orders, it was like a, I think it was $27 was the shrimp and grits on top of her champagne or sparkling wine. I think it was champagne. So we're there. I think I had three beers. I think she went through four glasses of champagne, something like that. And we were there, to be fair, we were there for like two hours just chatting. And I knew immediately, within five seconds, this was a no-go. But I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be, like, even if I'm like, okay, you know what, I'm I'm still going to pay for her drinks. I mean, that's just just the way I am. Although it's it's more and more common in today's society, the younger generations, I'm getting mine and you're getting yours. I have no entire intentions of ever seeing you again. Good luck with that. You've got a job, pay for your own food and drinks. And this woman has a really good job, like really good job, making some, making some, making some coin. So two hours goes by, Bill comes and she did not flinch. Oh, let me get my half or let me help didn't flinch. She was like, I think 41-ish, 42-ish. I think that was her age. Didn't flinch. It's like, okay. That tends to bother me. And I've said on air before, that bothers me when that happens. I don't expect you to pay, but at least make the effort or the gesture, I should say. Oh, let me get my half. But I was like, no, no, I got it. And would happily do so. But that effort wasn't even, that gesture wasn't made. I open up the, now this is a first meeting. We'll never see this woman ever again. Take a wild guess. Take a wild guess on how much that bill was. For lunch, for brunch, for a person that I will never see again. 150? A little high. Tommy? So you had a few drinks. She had four glasses of champagne. Four or five. She got the shrimp and grits. Yeah. At least, at least a hundred. One oh five, one hundred five dollars and one cent. And I'm like, what? And I looked at that. Was not happy. Our first meeting was only supposed to be drinks. I, I go there expecting. It's like, okay, the bill will be somewhere around 50, 60 bucks. Because I figured she will probably get wine. Wine's fifteen dollars a glass. Like whatever. I'm drinking my beer. You know, oh no, no, that would be, uh, that'd be $105 in one cent. And so, but then this put it over the edge. We're leaving. I pay for everything. I leave the $20 tip. So now it's $125 in one cent is what, what a uh, two hour lunch cost me with a woman that I never have intentions of seeing ever again. And 
Not once, not once did she say, thank you for the food, thank you for the drinks, thank you for this. Not once. Okay, well, I'll talk to you later. That's what I got. It's nice meeting you. I'll talk to you later. That's what I got. That's it. And I left infuriated. Didn't even get a thank you. And Beth Troutman busts my chops relentlessly because she goes, oh, there you are keeping tabs on receipts. I said, because you're not a guy. You don't know how much this stuff costs. I said, if I constantly pay $125 for a first date, I'd be broke. I said, like, when you, when you guys go out, like, how much are you spending on a date? On a lunch? On a brunch? Are you spending $125 on a brunch? With, with my salary? I'm looking for, like, a $20, $30 Twenty thirty dollar brunch, maybe a Waffle House. I, I got, dude. I would do Waffle. If, if Waffle House served alcohol, I'd be there all damn day. But that's my point, and it's not about the price. It, it's, I mean, Bess is like, oh, there you are worrying about how much things cost. Yes, because we're the ones who have to pay, and I'm paying money for a woman that I will literally never see or speak to again. Well, Brett, you're being nice. Okay, maybe so. How about her being nice? And act like she's interested in paying for her tab. Like, like I said, I would never have let that happen. Even if I'm not interested, I'm not going to let that happen. But how about, how about a thank you? How about that? How difficult is it to say two words? Thank you. Nope. Nope. Yeah. This is why Beth and Bo and Winnable and Mark Garrison... Everyone is obsessed with my dating life because I have stories like this. And Beth constantly blasts me for keeping tabs of how much I'm spending. I was like, you damn straight. You damn straight. All right, when we come back, we'll take some of your phone calls. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Here we go. Here we go. This is going to be good. Here we go. Taking your phone calls about the last segment. And we're going to start off with Nathan. Thanks for calling, Nathan. I appreciate it, bud. Uh, Brett, man, you killed me with that. So first, uh, born and raised in Gastonia, Hunter Hunts grad back in the 90s. Um, and I've been hearing about your you know, dating woes on and off over the years. <laughs> But if you knew right off the bat you weren't going to see that girl again ever, and she pulled that order and the most expensive thing off the menu, why not tell her, hey, why don't we split this? Or how about I get my half, you get your half? Well, you know, it's funny, Nathan. The funny thing is is that it, it's, it, it used to never happen. You used to not have $105 lunches. And then all of a sudden, right. and then all of a sudden you know, 
a lot of the women that I've noticed, as they've got older, they start buying more expensive things. And I think that's natural. I think we all do that as humans, men included. But at the same point, I didn't want to be like an a-hole. Like, I just wanted to be like, you know, okay, hey, we're going to have a nice conversation. I'll buy a couple of drinks. You know what? I'll be out, you know, like not a big deal. Like, I didn't think about it. And then all of a sudden when I didn't get a single thank you. Oh, and I didn't even tell this part of the story. I told this part of the story during the commercial break. Listen to this. So the, so the check comes, and I'm acting like I can't read this very small print of the check because it's, like, really small. So I even give her the check, and I said, what does that say, 108 or 106? And she says, oh, it's 105, and didn't flinch. She didn't move. She didn't say anything. And I was like, okay. And then didn't even get a thank you, and it just set me over the edge. And I was like, you know what? That's it. I, I was just really pissed off. Yeah, we'll never let that happen again, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, Nathan. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, buddy. Brett. Thanks for listening, man. Yeah, man. All right, bud. Thanks. And uh, I hear you with the Hunter Hunts. I hear you, bud. Although I went to I went to Ashbrook, so just so you know. Uh, let's see here. We've got Pat. Thanks for calling, Pat. I appreciate it. Hey, Brett, how are you? Just fine. Thank you for listening, and thank you for calling. Well, like Nathan, I have just thoroughly enjoyed listening to your dating escapades and listening to Beth rag you about it. Um, but a couple things struck me. Where are you meeting these women, these classless women who would do that, number one? It's just, it's just common. Well, so That's I will tell you, question. I will tell you, um, I, I meet them online um, on dating apps, but I will tell you there are certain dating apps to use and certain dating apps not to use. And a lot of the dating apps that you use, you, I mean, I've gone out with lawyers, I've gone out with doctors. Like I said, this woman had an extremely impressive job and it wasn't like a fake job. Like it was a real deal. You could look it up. And it was like, there are a lot of very, you know, classy business women and very smart, intelligent women. Um, you know, that are on these apps because they're either single moms and they don't have time or they don't like hanging out in bars or whatever. And so it's it's a lot of the ways that people meet. And I have so many friends that have gotten married off of dating apps, like a ton of friends. Yeah, it is hard these days. I mean, I'll give you that. It, it's difficult to find people. But I'm also with Nathan. I think you should have said something. You know, I, I'd like you to pay for your food at least, you know. I mean, especially if you know you're not going to see her again. Okay, so Pat, sure let me ask you a question. You, Pat, you Pat, let's roll, Pat, let's roll play for a second here. And I've got okay. like uh, 90 seconds. But if I came to you and a complete stranger and we're on a date and I say, how am I supposed to present to you that I want you paying your share, even though my share was a third of the bill and your share was two-thirds of the bill? How am I supposed to tell you that? Number one, you wouldn't have to because I would never do that to you. But number two, if you're not interested in me, why do you just say, you know, we're not going to see each other again. Why don't you pay your part? <laughs> if I do I mean, that, be Pat, honest. Pat, if I did that, I would want to video it. I would want to video the facial reaction that she gave me or if well, she's going to throw her champagne you doing, on. And I know I shouldn't go here because I think it'll upset you, but. What you're doing is a little passive aggressive by like putting the bill in front of her, going, "Can you read this?" Well, I, I was mean, trying to give her a chance. Too stupid to get it, you know what I mean? I know. I was trying to give her a chance. Stupid. I was trying to give her a chance just to say something when she saw how much the damn thing was. Hey, Pat, I got to yeah, run because we're up against a break. 
But, She's a laser. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Uh, yeah, can you imagine? Hey, by the way, I really have no intentions of ever speaking to you again. Where's the cash? <laughs> can you Venmo? <laughs> That'd go over real well. So there you have it. There you have it. I'm sure Beth is going to have a field day with us tomorrow morning. All right. So again, tomorrow, part one of my exclusive long form interview with CMS Superintendent Dr. Crystal Hill. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. WBTAM Charlotte, WBTFM Chester, WLNKHD2 Charlotte, WBT, your home for Tar Heels basketball.